Hey friends, welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm your host, Angela Donatio, Bible teacher, author, and adventure junkie. Join me each week for compelling conversations with leading voices that encourage us to ground our worth in the word instead of the narrative of the world. Together, we'll discover miracles in life's messy moments and make our lives matter no matter what. Here's this week's episode. Welcome back to the Make Life Matter podcast. I am so excited to bring you one of the women I just absolutely love the most in the world. She is a friend of mine and she's about to be a friend of yours. Suzanne Cox experienced a miraculous salvation at age 31, which radically changed her life and positioned her to bring hope and encouragement to others. Her riveting story tells us that God brings beauty for ashes. She is an ordained minister with the Assemblies of God and served as a missionary to Southern Asia before marrying Pastor Ron Cox of Kingwood Church in Alabaster, Alabama. Their story is recorded in the book, Call It Incredible. Her ministry, Legacy of Purpose, has partnered with Project Rescue for decades. She now serves on the Speaker Bureau for Project Rescue and partners with their mission to rescue and restore victims of sexual exploitation through the love and power of God. Welcome, Suzanne. I'm so excited. You're finally. Hi, Angela. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I just love you. I've missed you. I don't even think I've seen you in a year and a half. And so long. so blessed to be with you today. Oh, thank you. Well, I've had the opportunity to hear you speak in person a couple of times. We've loved having you at River of Life, at women's conferences. You're a highly sought after speaker. Oh, I want you to tell your story, but we're also going to talk about the amazing work that you're doing across Southern Asia and even beyond. But first, for people who maybe are meeting you for the first time, just just launch in and telling people this miraculous story of how God just restored your life and brought beauty for ashes. Well, thank you for having me on. First of all, it's just so great to be with you and to see your sweet face. And um, I have enjoyed your podcast so much. It has just brought so much life to me during 2020 when we were all shut down and you just kept at it. And so thank you for that. You're you're just a, a trailblazer. But, um, yeah, I just thought I'd share my testimony uh, today of how God gave me beauty for ashes and how um, from the time I was just a young child and my parents divorced uh, when I was nine years old and um, it life just seemed to spiral out of control for me, you know, because um, my dad was an alcoholic and things just got very abusive in the home because really um, our complacency will eventually become our captivity. And if we decide that, oh, social drinking is fine for, for us, well, it's, it has a hook in it that the enemy wants to destroy our lives. And so I uh, watched my parents begin to be destroyed by, by alcohol and anger. And we didn't know the Lord. We, we had gone to a little church, but we didn't know the Lord. And so. When things got very abusive in our home, we, my mom felt it was best that we left and go to my grandmother's house, Nana's house, um, in Birmingham, which is where I'm from and where I, um, you know, where I'm from. And so Birmingham, Alabama. And so we just, um, my mom did the best she could do under the circumstances. She took us to church at Nana's church and, 
you know, we just tried to to get uh, back on our feet and keep going. So she went to work, but I grew up with a lot of older kids in our neighborhood. And so um, by the time I was 13 years old, I was already in my first drug treatment center, full-blown alcoholic. By the time I was 23 years old, I was a cocaine addict and my life had spiraled out of control. And I just thought, how has this happened to me? I, I just even I become very suicidal, very depressed, and um, my life just spiraled out of control. And I pushed everyone out of my life and was just, um, you know, just living life selfishly, didn't know that God had a plan for my life. And uh, because, you know, at Nana's church, we, we went to church and it was full of sweet people, but I had never heard of the born again experience. I never heard that God really had a plan for my life and that he had died on the cross to save me. And so I I needed a savior, but I didn't know where to find one. So I was looking to men and my job and drugs and alcohol to fill that empty void in my life. And so I um, was 31 years old, 31 years I had lived in the world and you can fill in the blanks on that. And so I um, had just a stream of broken relationships and try. So I was driving home from work one day and I happened to look over at this huge camp meeting sign out in front of a church. And I thought camp meeting. I wonder what that means. That must mean summer camp or something like that. I didn't know that it meant revival. Mm. And um, so I went home and I took a nap. And when I woke up, I usually went out as the lady of the evening. And this night, I knew that I had to be at that church. I mean, I knew I had to be there. And so I got in my car and I drove down there and I sat in the parking lot of an Assembly of God church at Gary Wood Assembly. And I I just sat there thinking this, I was watching all these people coming in in suits and ties and dresses and Bibles. And I had on a low cut blouse and skin tight blue jeans. And, you know, I, I was just, I was just depressed and suicidal. I thought, what am I doing sitting in the parking lot of this church? And I, I was watching them go in and I thought, you know, this is just another place that I don't belong I could be in a room full of people and I felt like I never fit in anywhere. Wow. So, Angela, I was about to crank my car and drive away. And it was like a hand pushed me out of my car. And I walked up the steps to that church and my knees were shaking and I was, I didn't want to go to church. See, I, I wasn't even looking for God, but he was looking for me. Hmm. I walked up the steps to that church and there was a sweet lady standing at the door. Her name's Dean Kirby. And she looked at me and she said, honey, are you by yourself? I thank God for the little pioneers of faith. Oh my goodness. And so I said, yes, ma'am. I said, I don't know the first thing about an assembly of God church. I just know that when I woke up, I had to be here. And she said, praise the Lord. And I said, oh no, I've heard about people like you. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I, you know, she said, come and sit with me. So I am sitting with her with this huge crowd of people and the choir and the band and the choirs jumping up and down and shouting and hooting and rooting. And I thought, this cannot be church. I mean, it's like there's drums and guitars and people are having fun and there's joy on their face. This cannot be church. And so here comes Pastor uh, Loper with probably one of the most eloquent speakers you'll ever hear. And it was Dr. Mark Rutland. Oh, yeah. I know, right? And so Dr. Rutland, he came out and um, he he really shared part of his testimony, which he rarely ever does. But he shared a, a, a simple message on the love of God. And he looked across the audience that night and he said, you may be here tonight and you wish you had never even been born. And I thought that is me. Every morning that I wake up and have to look at myself in the mirror and see who I have become, I hate myself. I just hate who I've become. I never set out in my life to become a drug addict or an alcoholic, but I I didn't know how to stuff the monster anymore. I just didn't. And, and so I was full of rage and anger and bitterness and rejection. And I had tried to kill myself since I was 10 years old. I had heard those voices that said, Suzanne, nobody really cares about you. Nobody loves you. You might as well take your life because everybody would really be better off without you here. Mm. Those voices are real. They're real. And the enemy knows how to get a hook into our life. And so I began to buy into that lie. I had tried drug overdoses. I tried running my car off of a bridge. I had tried loading a 38 pistol and I got so drunk that I passed out one night. And when I woke up, I had that gun in my lap, Mm -hmm. in my hand. And, you know, he said, you could be here tonight and you wish you had never even been born. But I'm here to tell you, you can be born again. You can start your life over. It doesn't matter what you did last night. He said, you can be washed clean by the blood of Jesus and you can stand before a holy God as if you had never sinned. Hmm. Angela, I thought, how can I have been raised in church most of my life? And I've never even heard this. And I mean, he said, if you want to pray a simple prayer like I prayed, he said, I want you to bow your heads. He was about to give the altar call and my legs jumped up. I ran to the front. I'd never seen an altar call in my life. And I knelt down and I said, God, if this is real, I want it. Mm. I want to change. I want a new beginning. But God, I don't even have anything to offer you but a broken heart and a broken life. And the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, Suzanne, that's all I want. All I want is your heart. Give me your heart tonight. And so that night on September 14th, 1993 at 930 p.m., I gave my heart to Jesus and became a creation in Christ Jesus. And I'm telling you, I have never lost the wonder of my salvation. It is just, it was life changing life altering and I've never been the same. Oh. <laughs> Praise God. And I heard you share that and I'm still emotional. I get like goosebumps. I'm emotional. I'm like our listeners are emotional. We all the next break. I know me too. <laughs> you said some things that are so powerful and you know my husband and I like you and Ron are pastors and 
the suicide rate the last year and the hopelessness that people are struggling with Suzanne, just feeling like it would be better if I wasn't here, this is too hard or I'm too broken. And just your story reminds us that God is so loving and merciful. And I know there are people that listen right now that are feeling like they don't belong anywhere. And for you to wherever I went, I didn't belong. And yet the love of God that drew you into a church that you didn't know you were brave enough to walk in there, to stay, to show up. Sometimes we just have to say, I'm going to show up and God, you know, he meets us in that place of obedience. So I never, ever, ever tire of hearing your story because it's really all of our story. It's the grace that found us like we, like we are, and right. loss is too much to leave us there. So tell us what happened next in your life, because you ended up finding yourself on the mission field in Southern Asia. How did that happen? And, and how did God use that season? Yes. Well, you know, I, I love Proverbs 16, 9 that says the mind of a man plans his ways, but the Lord orders his steps. And so I just thought, well, I'll stay in my church and I'll just live here forever. I mean, it was like the glory cloud, you know, and I didn't ever want to leave. And so God continued to every missionary that would come, I would just sit and I would just listen, sit on the edge of my seat. So I knew in my prayer time, even at home, it was like God was putting nations in my heart. And I would um, pray out the plans and the purposes of God. And I would say, you know, I just, Lord, um, you know, whatever, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, I will do it. And so I began to just seek the Lord. What do you want me to do? And so um, after three years of being at my home church, I ended up going to Bible college out at Rama Bible Training Center in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And then um, one, one, um, I would sit I would go to the prayer room on Mondays after work at, at night. I worked um, for Dial America Marketing after I got out of school every day. And so I would get off at nine o'clock at night and I would make a beeline to the church and I, they had prayer rooms set up. And on one side of the wall in the prayer room where I prayed, there was there was a map of the world. On the other side, there was a long banquet table, and I'm sure you've seen it. It's like the marriage supper of the lamb, and every seat is empty at that table. Beautiful white tablecloth, and it's got the the beautiful flowers and fine dining china, and it's just beautiful, but every seat is empty. And the Lord would say, Suzanne, I want every seat filled. I want, I want every seat filled at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And I would cry and cry and cry. So one, one day, um, when I, I had, I was in between my first and second year and I went home for a camp meeting service. I went home for the summer and camp meeting happened and brother David Grant stood on the platform. Now he had been the area director of Southern Asia for many, many years, David and Dr. Beth Grant. And, um, I just love them. And they, he stood on the platform and this was in 1996 Mm. and said, my heart's desire is one million daughters of India at the marriage supper of the lamb. Mm. 
I mean, that pierced my heart. I mean, I was like, God, if you will let me be part of that vision, I will go. I will do whatever you want me to do. But please, God, let me be part of seeing those empty chairs at the marriage supper of the Lamb filled with the daughters of India. That's my heart. And so I went back to Bible college and I went to um, uh, into the missions group. And then when I graduated, uh, Brother David Grant was back at the church and he goes, what are you going to do after you get out? And I said, oh, I said, my heart, I, I'm not really sure. He goes, well, come on. You know, I always say, if God <laughs> have a plan for your life, David Grant does. And it's go to India. I so love he it. said, we need somebody. We need a, we need a single woman to live in the home, um, in India. And so with the girls, cause by then we had 15 girls in the home and, and project rescue was getting off the ground. And so, um, so that's how I ended up going to India and being with, um, sister Usha, the national director there was absolutely one of my best prayer warriors in the whole wide world. And we stayed together for nearly 20 years. And now I'm back on board with Project Rescue. And I mean, it's just, we had, I've come full circle. And now I'm on the speaker bureau with Project Rescue. And God is just doing amazing things all over the world because now we're on um, five continents. And um, it's just an amazing, it's Project Rescue is just changing lives because there's 27 million um, people a year that are trafficked Mm. into either sex trafficking or just human trafficking, whether they're work slaves or whatever. And so, um, you know, the, of course the women and the girls are, are my heart is to be able to see them rescued and restored yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Dr. Beth Grant is one of the speakers at the sealed virtual world conference, which will be in October 16th. And uh, that's being virtually cast from Bangkok with leading organizations of trafficking, wow. which is one of the main speakers. So I'm helping kind of as the director for all of the U.S. hosts that are hosting that conference virtually. So my heart um, is very much with you know, this, this heartbeat of God to see that people yes. are, like you said, rescued and restored, not right. in a seat at the table. I love that for all of us, whether we go to India or our own neighborhoods, there yes. are people that need to hear about God. And you ended up staying in India from, for several years. I stayed connected with India. I was only there for two and a half years before I met and married Ron. Mm, that's right. So thinking it's been a yeah. long time. So, so yeah, but we just kept going back and forth and he preached the general council of North India. And so I just stayed very connected with the home. Yeah. So you, you, your whole story with Ron is a really, Pastor Ron is another really whole arm of your story. And, uh, but I want to at least touch on it because it was recorded in Call It Incredible, which is kind of, of, of both of your stories are in there, but can you just share with us, uh, there might be someone listening who is, is in a season of singleness or just wondering what the purposes of God look like for their life and your obedience to be faithful. I remember hearing you talking about, you know, coming through the doors saying, all right, Holy Spirit, I'm home. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, you were faithful, right. you were faithful for many years <laughs> as a single woman in ministry. So talk us through uh, a little bit of your story with Ron. It's a unique and beautiful love story. Now we'd love for our listeners to hear some about that as well, Suzanne. 
We'll get right back to this week's episode. I want to help you make life matter with some free resources at AngelaDenadio.com. You'll also find my books, albums, and ways to connect. While you're there, join my online community and be the first to hear exciting updates. If you long to walk where Jesus walked and are ready for the Bible to come alive in ways you have never experienced before, journey with me and Carol McLeod to Israel in 2022. Get all the details at AngelaDenadio.com. Well, I mean, it really is it really is quite a story. And Call It Incredible was, was documented because... Um, Ron just lived it, you know, and Pastor Mark Sims, his uh, his associate of 35 years, um, who was with them at Kingwood Church, where Ron pastored for 35 years, uh, actually wrote the book on the story of Ron's life. And then, uh, you know, I I I would just pray, you know, it's like once I got saved, I thought, Lord, surely I was 31 years old and we were burning daylight. I mean, you know, (laughs) I said, Lord, surely there is a husband on the horizon for me somewhere. And the Lord said, Suzanne, you are nowhere near ready for a husband. I was, uh, I, you know, needed to cultivate the fruit of the spirit in my life of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness. The words that we speak carry the power of life and death. Mm. And, you know, I just, um, we can say those words and then we can go back and say, I'm so sorry that I said that. And people can even forgive us, but it never takes away the way that it made them feel. So I, I needed self-control. I needed kindness. I needed all the fruit of the spirit to be cultivated. So I started my date night with the Holy ghost. You know, that's day is my Saturday nights for three years that I stayed um, at, at my home church uh, and with my little pioneers of faith, my Miss Betty, my best friend is 94 years old. And, wow. you know, they just took me under their wing and they taught me how to pray through and seek God and fall in love with Jesus and his word, which are the same. And so get my mind renewed with the word of God. And so I just began to say, Lord, um, you know, I just want to know you. And so as I started my date nights with the Holy Ghost on Saturday nights, God just put that scripture of Proverbs 31, 23. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. And he said, Suzanne, if you'll wait on me, I will bring you a husband that will see you as the treasure that I see you as. Mm-hmm. And you alongside him and help him fulfill his destiny. And so I, I waited and I waited, I waited, and I waited, and I waited. And so, you know, I was like, Lord, everybody I know is married. And so he said, you have to wait. And so of course in the South, we say, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. So, so I waited and for three years, I stayed at my home church. And then two years, I went to Bible college. And I thought, well, surely I'll meet my husband at bridal college. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't. And then I went to India. And, uh, it, you know, I, I just and then I left behind my dream of being married to go and live in India with these beautiful, precious, broken girls. And help them be restored because how would anybody even know there's a girl under that sari with the head covering and all yeah, that? Yeah. 
And so I said, God, I will do whatever you want me to do. I'll stay here. And so um, it turns out that uh, one of the missionary pastor, um, Sister Kelly Tevis, she had heard Ron speak at a missions conference of 500 missionary couples. And um, she heard him tell his story of how he had taken care of an invalid wife for 35, for um, 20 four and a half years of the 35 years that he had pastored at Kingwood church in Alabaster, Alabama. And so she said, Suzanne, she said he, 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 Glenda had a neurological disease that it took. Um, it took five years for them to diagnose because it's such a rare uh, genetic disease. And uh, by the time they diagnosed her, she was so far advanced that she began to twist into a fetal position where she was, um, uh, he had to cut up every bite of food that she ate. He fixed her hair. He did her makeup. He would bring her to church in the wheelchair. He had two beautiful, precious daughters. Um, Tiffany was about six months old and Stacy was about five years old. So he had three babies. He was raising by himself and church. And, and, um, and so she said, Suzanne, when Glenda, uh, had to be put into a nursing home the last nine years of her life. And uh, she, you know, she, he wasn't even sure that he could hear her, but he would go and sit by her bed every morning at six o'clock in the morning. He would go there and say, baby, if you can hear me, I want you to know that by the grace of God, I'll be faithful to you one more day, mm. but I'll come back tomorrow and tell you the same thing. And Kelly said, Suzanne, he did that for another nine years, day after day after day, while the girls grew up and went off to Bible college and and married their incredible pastor husbands that they met at Southeastern Bible College. And, you know, I mean, she said, Suzanne, when Glenda passed away, she weighed about 47 pounds. And when you go home to Alabama, I want you to go find Pastor Ron Cox and I want you to meet him because I believe one day that man will be your husband. Wow. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> He's wow. pastored the same church for 27 years at that time. I said, how old does this man be? <laughs> she said, well, you're no spring chicken sitting on 40. <laughs> and so I said, well, touche. So. Anyway, I ended up coming home due to a family crisis and I came home and um, I was actually I, I uh, was actually at a meeting speaking at at Gary Wood and Ron was in the he was in the uh, in the congregation that day. And so at, in the foyer and I mean, it's such a long story. I'm not going to go into every detail, but we met in the foyer and then one of his pastor friends called and said, my friend Ron met you yesterday and uh, we were wondering if you'd have lunch with us today. And so mm-hmm. having lunch with them and then from there, the, the, the rest is history. We, he, he, um, David, pastor David Wilkerson was one of his incredible mentors and, once Ron and I met and we started talking and he was traveling and I was traveling and seeing some friends while before I was going back to India. And um, he he ended up uh, going up there to Pastor David and saying, I feel like I've met somebody that I want to marry. Mm. But I'm so afraid to put my heart on the line. 
He said, I have watched my, I, I made it through 25 years of a storm that lasted and pounded me and my family. And I made it through the storm. And he said, I, I watched my church grow to nearly 2000 in spite of everything we went through in the small community of Alabaster. He said, I watched my girls grow up and marry men of God. But personal happiness has always seemed to elude me. Mm. He said, I don't know what to do, Pastor. Um, so Pastor David Wilkerson <laughs> said, let's stretch out on the carpet and see what God has to say about it. The man of prayer, the prophet of God, he would never let you call him a prophet. He said, I'm a watchman on the wall of America. Mm. Really, he was, and he's in heaven now. But um, he stretched out on the carpet and said, after 30 minutes, he sat up and he said, Ron, you marry her. God is going to give you back everything that the canker worm, the palmer worm and the locust has eaten. God is going to give you a triple harvest of every sunset that you've missed. And if you follow me on Instagram, <laughs> every sunset that you've missed, every candlelight dinner that you miss, God is going to give it back to you. He said, I want you to bring her up here. I want to meet her. And I thought, oh, I don't want to meet the prophet. <laughs> you, know, you would get his newsletter, put it on the coffee table and circle it for three days before he opened it. <laughs> so I, he said, well, what if Pastor David calls? I said, besides that, I can't go out of town with a single pastor. I'm a missionary of integrity. Can't go out of town with a single pastor. So he goes, well, what if Pastor David calls? And asked you to speak to his women who were rescued from the brothels and the prostitution. And uh, you could stay with his secretary. And I said, well, let me pray about it. Amen. Send me a ticket. Amen. <laughs> he did. <laughs> so, yeah. So I went up there and then uh, he prayed a beautiful prayer over us. And sent us on a carriage ride around Central Park. And we got out and began to walk the streets of New York City and Ron said, Suzanne, didn't you tell me that the year 2000 is your year of miracles? And that's what God had spoken to me while I was in India and in a time of prayer and fasting um, for miracles for my girls. And God said, this will be your year of miracles. Mm. So I wrote that in my journal. And um, and so, you know, he says, well, didn't you tell me that Miracle on 34th Street is your favorite Christmas movie? <laughs> and I and oh my word, it's my all-time favorite. I watch it in 120 degrees in India. And he said, well, I want you to look up. And when I looked up, we were standing in front of Macy's on 34th Street and Broadway. And he brought out this beautiful diamond ring. And he mm -hmm. said, Suzanne, I never thought that I would see personal happiness again. It's not only your year of miracles, but it's my year of miracles. Will you marry me? Mm -hmm. And wife and the first lady of Kingwood Church. And I was crying so hard <laughs> that I looked like Tammy Faye with a, <laughs> and I with a little wet skunk on my head because I had on my beautiful fur hat. And so I said, I will marry you. So I came back and he had me speak on Mission Sunday. Mm. Church stood to their feet and they clapped for 20 minutes when he said, church, we give and we give to missions. It's the lifeblood of our church. But God is giving us back a missionary and she's going to be my wife and the first lady of Kingwood Church. And they stood to their feet and they clapped for 20 minutes. And on um, February 17th of 2001, 
Kingwood Church Women's Ministry gave us the most beautiful wedding you've ever seen. And I had 2,000 people at my wedding. I felt like Cinderella. (laughs) I mean, it was absolutely a a miracle. And uh, so, and I came down the center aisle wearing a white dress because Mm -hmm. Isaiah 61 says the Lord gives beauty for ashes. He gives the oil of joy for mourning and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. He's truly a God of new beginnings. Mm, he is Suzanne. And yeah, again, there's not yeah. enough, there's not yeah. enough Kleenex. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm usually I'm trying to be like, thank you because I'm a Southern girl, you know? <laughs> well, I'm trying to be all like, yes, and stoic in my interviews. And today I'm just like uh, a puddle. I'm a puddle. And I've even heard your story, but I just feel like it's just so it's so encouraging the hope that you offer. And if you're able to watch this on YouTube, I want you to see her face because the joy that exudes from you, Suzanne, the hope, and you've had, you had a difficult walk. His daughters um, suffered with the same debilitating disease. Um, Yes. You've, you've continued to say yes to God. I love that they're welcoming you with open arms, the the final landing place of belonging, yeah. knowing that we always belong with yes. Jesus, regardless of yes. what is happening. You've also touched on something that I've really never realized before as I listened to your story is all of these men and women are heroes of the faith or just the, the everyday layman woman at the door to meet you and say, would you come sit with me? I mean, here's a theme of men and women who have um, spoken life into you. And I think that is so critical for us. If you're young and you're listening, I want you to position yourself in the way Suzanne did to say, listen, I'm just going to sit under every missionary that comes here. I'm going to say, God, how do you want to use me? I'm going to let David Grant speak into my life. I'm going to let the, 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 the women speak into my life. Pastor Ron's associate, Pastor Wilkins, there is a theme here. Um, And if you're an older listener today, I want you to know how much value you have to speak into the next generation. So talk about that for a second, Suzanne. I know we don't have much time, but I feel like that's been an important theme that I've never realized until today that is very um, prevalent throughout your story. How can we encourage both the younger and the generation, older generation to model what you have seen in your own life? Well, that is such a good question because you know what? I mean, that is our ministry is called Legacy of Purpose, the bridging of the generations. Mm. I love to reach back and I love my pioneers of faith. You know, I love all the generations and I've done youth conferences. I've done, you know, I mean, we have been, we have been on both sides and it's because my pioneers of faith took me on as a mission. I mean, I came in with big hair, red lips, and mini skirts up to here. And said, here, honey, here's a Bible. Why don't you start reading it tonight? And so I did. I literally was like a sponge. I soaked up everything that they taught me about tithing and giving to missions and about praying and, and you know, reading the word and getting my mind renewed with the word of God. And so I, I just never would have made it without my little pioneers of faith. 
So I try to reach back to the generations because it doesn't matter what they look like. I mean, it doesn't matter if they have tattoos. It doesn't matter if they, you know, a lot of them have scars, hidden scars from where they've been cutting themselves. They've got enough rings in their face to hang a shower curtain, (laughs) but we love them. They are so awesome. And they are not afraid of the Holy Ghost. I mean, it's like none. I mean, I don't want to say all about that. You know, let's just have a quiet church. That's all seeker friendly. So we don't offend anybody. Oh my word. These people are hanging from the chandeliers out in the world. They are, they are looking for a God encounter. That's right. Real, true living God. And I'm here to let them experience it because um, I heard a recent pastor uh, of a very large churches say that, you know, the contemporary contemporary has now become the traditional. Mm. And I'm like, yes, you know, whatever, whatever seemed like the contemporary way of doing things is now like the traditional, like we did the hymn books and we took all that and they were like, oh, and so, yeah. And so the contemporary has now become the traditional but this generation is looking for the experiential. Yeah. You, you're not going to find that in a book. You're going to find it in a Holy Ghost filled church with altars and the fire of God who I, I just, when we were at general council, just heard a testimony of every youth was going to bring somebody who was not saved and bring them to the altars. And they watched those scars disappear as these Kids lifted their hands mm. and praised the Lord. You know, I mean, their scars from cutting themselves and the brokenness. They are looking for, it's like me. I wasn't looking for God, but he was looking for me. Well, I am looking for a generation. Yes. Share this love, this radical heart of God mm. with them. And uh, I'm just excited about seeing what God is doing in these last days because people are hungry right now for a move of God. And uh, so we're, we're seeing it happen. Mm, I believe I'm thrilled about it. Yeah. I could not agree more. And you've lived your life, whether it was the date nights, the Holy spirit, we didn't even have time to talk about some of the miracles you experienced in India. Yes. Oh, I know. And kidnapped you. I mean, you have had a, uh, uh, like you said, a radical encounter with God. And that's framed, I think, your whole life. I think God knows what we need. And you needed um, such a, a revelation of him that was going to sustain you through a lot of different seasons. So I, I could talk to you for hours, Suzanne. I know people <laughs> want to know more about you and hear more about your story. How can they connect with you? How can they hear more about Legacy of Purpose, the work you're doing with Project Rescue, purchase your book, Call an Incredible? Uh, where would you like for them to, to go to find you? Okay, well, they can go to uh, legacyofpurpose.org. Uh, and find any of the links to my Facebook page. And it is S-U-S-A-N-N-E. It's not spelled with a Z. It's with an S. And so it's Suzanne Cox on Facebook. It's um, Suzanne Cox on Instagram. Um, so uh, that's where that's where you can find me is... Um, and I'll yep. put all the, I'll put everything in the show notes too. the legacy purpose. The book is called an incredible, which is a lot of pastor Ron's story, but your story is, yes, it is. It is woven in there. Yeah. And you, you speak, you're a powerful speaker. So if you're listening and you're a pastor, a church, and you 
want to have a speaker, I'm telling you, Suzanne, you need to bring her to you, to your missions. She will fire up your church, to your women, to your entire church, Aww, she said, to your you. girls. And thank you for just reminding people of any generation that they have a voice and they have value and that they have a place to belong. And uh, guys, she's going to pray over us in just a moment. But I always like to ask my guests this question. And Suzanne, I know you're a listener of the podcast. That means so much to me. But other than Jesus, what person in the Bible has inspired you most to make life matter the way that you do? And maybe it's someone you can't wait to meet or someone (laughs) you have a burning question for. I would love to know who that is before we end our time together. Oh, without a doubt. For me, it is Isaiah. Mm. Absolutely love Isaiah. I mean, because I feel like I feel like my my heart was like his when he said in in uh, Isaiah chapter six, where he says in the year that King Uzziah died and in the year of my most devastating heartache and heartbreak. I also saw the Lord and not many translations have that word also in there, mm-hmm. but he was able to also see the Lord in the pain in the midst of all the pain that he was going through. He also saw the Lord. And then he said, I, I saw the King high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. And so he got to see the glory of the Lord. And then he's, he overhears a conversation with the Godhead well, who, who will go for us and, and who will I send? And Isaiah humbled and broken. He says, here am I, Lord, send me. Hmm. Not, I, it's not in the way of, Hey, pick me. I've got all the nine gifts of the spirit. (laughs) No, he was broken and humbled. And he said, will I do, will I do, will you use me to go Hmm. to a, people. And Angela, I just feel like that has been my life. I I did not, I don't think I'm so much called as I just said, I, here am I, Lord, if, if you'll use me, I will go. Hmm. He gave me the beauty for ashes out of Isaiah 61. And then he gave us the mandate of going to bind up the brokenhearted and to to heal those and set the prisoner free. And that is my, that is my heart. That is mm-hmm. true heart. So mm-hmm. that Isaiah, I can't wait to mm-hmm. meet after I spend a good jillion years with Jesus. <laughs> I know, right? To you. <laughs> and yeah. Eternity is looking sweeter. Heaven is looking sweeter every day, every day, and- every day. Oh, thank you, Suzanne. It's been such a joy just to catch up with you and to maybe introduce you to some new listeners today. If you've never met Suzanne, S-U-S-A-N-N-E Cox, you'll want to find her. You'll want to connect with her. You'll want to read her story, know more about her. And I'm going to ask her to pray over us in just a second. But I want to just share a takeaway um, from today, just the beauty for ashes that she has invited us to say, God, here am I. And whatever you're going through, nothing disqualifies us from being used by God. The enemy wants us to believe that, but God says, you belong with me. I have a plan and purpose for you. And we humbly come to him and say, God, however you want to use me, I'm making myself available. Thank you, Suzanne, for the way that you've encouraged us. And I just want to share today's truth that matters from Colossians 2. 
that their hearts, which I believe our hearts today have been encouraged. He says that your hearts may be encouraged being knit together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, this love that we've talked about, his ability to transform ashes into beauty, which is Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That is the God that we're serving today. The power of the Holy spirit that is available to us. Don't ever be ashamed or afraid of the Holy spirit. So thank you, Suzanne, for the way that you have deposited. I know we've cried today. I know know. you feel encouraged today. (laughs) We are ready to say, yes, God, here am I send me. And no matter what age you are, no matter what age or stage, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. So yes. would you just pray over our listeners and maybe especially someone who's listening? This is in 130 countries. There might be someone listening today who has never accepted Christ. I don't care if you're 31 or 91. Right. It can be your day of miracles. So would you pray over our listeners as we close today? Yes. Father, we just thank you right now. God, you are so good and you are so faithful. And Lord, we just ask right now that you would just reach your hand out and touch those who are hurting and broken, bring healing and wholeness and soundness to their life. If there's one that has not given their heart to Jesus, God, today is their day. Today is the day that they just say, God, now I know the the void in my life. The only thing that can fill it is Jesus. And so father, right now, I just pray that they will reach out to you and say, come into my heart and change my life and give me hope and a future. And God, I just thank you that even in Isaiah, it says, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. And so God, I just thank you today. Thank you for Angela and this broadcast that will go around the world and touch many, many lives. Keep your hand on her and her husband and their family. God, we just praise you for your faithfulness over our lives. And may you get the glory out of everything that is said and done here today in Jesus precious name. Amen. Thanks for joining the conversation. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at cpnshows.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Connect with me at angeladenadio.com, Facebook at angeladenadiovov, and Instagram at angeladenadio. Until next week, let's make life matter.